want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh shoot! From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? It's time for some Call Me Tim. Here on Mutiny Radio, it's 2 o'clock. I was supposed to be interviewing Xavier Campos. We were going to talk to him about what he believes in, but alas, he is not here. But thank goodness I am joined today in the Mutiny Radio studios on some Call Me Tim by Josephine. Hi, you have to turn your microphone up. You're on one. There you go. Hello. A little higher than that. There you go. Yeah. Hello. Hello. So, um, Some Call Me Tim is a show where we talk about things that uh, individuals believe in and their sort of belief structure, where it came from. So, I'm going to run and get sparkled Jesus, and why don't you tell everybody about Wednesday Wave? Good afternoon. I am starting a new show here called Wednesday Wave. Primarily, I'm looking to revisit the wave station that was down in Southern California, I believe. That's where it was based. But it has to do with a nice, relaxing afternoon on Wednesday when, hmm, basically when you just need a couple hours to relax. There you go. Yeah. All right. And I'm Here training. Yeah, there we are. I'm on a, I'm on four. And the first thing we usually do. So Some Call Me Tim is a show that I started because I was raised really, really religious. And I also have studied some philosophy. And I came up with the query, do you have to believe in religion to be a moral person? Does morality stem from experientially based you know our our works ourselves do you believe like just i just i'm interested in the afterlife what makes us human is there a soul like all these kinds of things I, I think i like to think about the big questions but on this show it's called some call me tim because of um have you ever seen monty python and the holy grail yes okay so you know the sorcerer some there are some call me tim tim the enchanter and he goes so that's why the show is called that but also that we as people are somehow seeking through religion this i mean is it a myth is it real does it help us does it shape us is it important you know does it matter do all that kind of stuff uh, and the, at the end of the holy grail there was just it was just a movie none of it was real it didn't matter at all so 
it's I think that the the worth is in the seeking so this show is kind of about seeking and today will be a little difficult for me because I am I did not need the fourth IPA last night <laughs> uh, so the first thing we usually do on the show is you look deep into the eyes of sparkle Jesus and I ask do you believe in Jesus I do I believe he existed and that he was a very special person and affected a lot of people in his lifetime, obviously after his lifetime. So he was a, he was a real dude to walk the earth. Do you believe he was the son of God? I'm not so sure about that. So were, were you raised with the Bible being a, a truthful work of history? Or as a religion, like, you know, like... Do you believe, did you, were you taught like the Adam and Eve stuff? Did you ever go to Sunday school? I, I was. My parents are both Catholic, oh. but from different parts of the world Catholic. So uh, my mother was raised a little more loosely, even though she was raised in the Philippines. Oh, cool. And my father <gasps> was raised in St. Louis, but his Catholic upbringing was much more strict, it gotcha. seems. Uh, does your mom make the best lumpia ever in the history of ever? Of course. Yay! I, I love <laughs> lumpia is my battle cry. Like I, I, I you, uh, the uh, Filipinos have my favorite cylindrically deep fried food. Like I, I think every culture has a cylindrically deep fried food, and uh, yours is the best. Yes, with I'll, the pork. I like it. I can't make it myself. You can't make it. I didn't inherit that gene. It didn't get passed down. No, I, I made it with my mom. Oh, okay. Personally, I can't. So. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I find, I think that food culture and I think that sometimes we mistake. People get so there's food in religion. There's a lot of food in religion. Like even in Catholicism, it's there the body of Christ. I mean the Eucharist. What a strange cracker. Um, <laughs> couldn't they make it tastier? <laughs> uh, but the the body and the blood of Christ. Like there's food involved in in the rituals, which I think is very interesting. And in all religions, like look at the Jews with the challah, the bread on. You know they break it together and cover yes. it with a little towel and do that whole thing, and it's like a part of the ritual. So, like, food and culture are all tied together. And sometimes culture and religion are sort of one and the same. I just it like the food. It seems to be a, just hand in hand. It's easiest to bring people together if you have food. That's true. Whether it's religious occasion or not. Food or booze. That's, yeah. <laughs> I used to teach a poetry class to um, kids. And the only way to get them there was with uh, pizza. <laughs> free pizza. Once I, I had to lure them there with free pizza, and then I tried to keep them there for the poetry. You needed ice cream for poetry. Uh, <laughs> that's actually ice cream socials. Remember those when we were? Did you yes, ever have ice cream I socials? Had, oh, why those we were popular them? at the Filipino churches, but not at the American Catholic churches. And I loved ice cream socials. Ah, I love ice cream. So you're not. You don't identify as Catholic anymore. I'm loosely Catholic, oh. I guess. I wouldn't say I'm non-practicing because I feel I can't really get away from the the icons of it, and I appreciate the art sure. of Catholic icons. And it's all around. I feel it's all around me, anyways. Yeah. And so, by default, I tend to think about it. But I would say the that feeling that a lot of it seems Catholic 
grow up with of guilt and something hovering over you all the time judging you. I don't have that. Oh, that's great. (laughs) You didn't take that part. No, I kind of, I think it was in my 20s. I just decided that wasn't part of it. Wow. And just said, not going to, I'm not going to internalize that. Everything I'm doing is pretty okay. In my mine it just was obvious it wasn't someone in the sky judging me it was other people so. oh wow that's pretty <laughs> mind-blowing kind of old before I realized that but what do you what do you what do you think about that judgment from other people around you do, does that affect you in your 20s were you like concerned about it or did you say well God's not judging me the man in the sky is not judging me people are judging me screw them I think just having a lot of uh, what is that called? Opposites sort of presented to me. I could do make this decision or that decision, and one could be great or terrible, depending on what happens after that decision. Sure. It was more of a realization I'm in control of my life, so to speak, rather than it's God's will or whatever of what will happen to you. Right. And if I decide to be nice to this person and they end up being a jerk and screwing me over is that really god i don't think so <laughs> that person has issues and i wasn't wise but that's basically how i learned sure how to separate religion out of all my decisions wow wow that's just kind of like it's a oh ignore that i'm a terrible dj i didn't <laughs> turn my phone to silent don't worry about it. Uh, and you can tell I don't I don't have a smartphone. I have a dumb phone. Uh, one of the things that religion seems to do, especially for Americans, uh, is give us sort of a sense of entitlement that oh, I'm I'm more moral than you, therefore I'm better than you. I don't know. It's just have you ever have you experienced that through being around Christians or around like the I, Catholic Church? I or? have. I think now in my not 20s or 30s, or okay, in my 40s, I just feel that it doesn't matter what religion. I've sort of met entitled people from all walks of life at this point with all sorts of dogmas attached to why they feel they're entitled to not be nice people, you know, and it was kind of surprising, but at the same time, it was refreshing too, to just be like, just because this person believes in such and such religion still doesn't mean they're true at heart. So religion and morality, do you think that you, you, can be, you can be raised without religion and you can still be a moral person? You don't need, like, here's the basic question. Do you believe that people are basically born good or that we're all born evil? I think we're all born good. We have to be taught one way or another. And very much, I suppose it's that if someone sees a behavior, they'll copy it if they see there's a gain from that type of behavior. And I mean, what's the worst, uh, what's the worst thing you've ever done to another person? A lie. Really? That's not too bad. If I didn't want to deal with, with a, a conflict, I would generally white lie and try and not go there but usually you know of course I figured it out the more you put off an important conversation the worse it gets right and then of course if they figured out you weren't truthful in the beginning then of course they have every right to be 10 times more pissed off (laughs) 
So, <laughs> so for you, it's the avoidal of conflict. You just, you, conflict is, oof, you'll do anything to avoid conflict. Not anything. I mean, I'm sure some people will be like, what? She's always arguing with me. <laughs> but I think it just depends uh, if I'm in a good headspace regarding the subject sure. I may not want to talk about it right then and there and before I used to not be as uh, concerned whether someone else was in a good headspace to have the conversation but I feel as I've grown up I think about that more sure try and be a little more uh, I don't know if it's empathic or just a little more aware that everyone's got something going on right and it's I guess not to take things as personally and I had much more trouble with that when I was younger yeah I I've tried I, I take everything personally because I'm like how else do you take things <laughs> like how else unless you're uh, not take unless you're keeping yourself shielded and you're like I'm just not even gonna let that in yeah with some things and some people I just know better yeah do you are your parents still alive they are cool do you get along with them yes Oh wow! Lucky you. Do they live? Do they live near? Were you were you born and raised in the city? Not in the city. I was born in Los Angeles. Oh, what do you think about that soul-sucking land of waste, wasteland of Lexuses? <laughs> I tried to live there, but then I decided it was wasn't for me. Mm. So I'm. I had a decision whether uh, to. I didn't stay in Los Angeles. My parents kind of moved around a lot, and we ended up in San Diego for the most part. Oh. So it was popular on the weekend for us to take a day trip up to Los Angeles or a weekend trip to San Francisco, and I just kind of enjoyed San Francisco better. How long have you lived here? Since 89. Wow. I moved here after the quake. Wow. I had some friends who had already done it, and... They weren't starving to death, so... So, <laughs> did you go to school here in the city? City College. Oh, right on. Yeah. Wow, you've been here since 89. Your rent control must be amazing. Uh, it's, you know, I, I've always felt like it's never a guarantee. There's been a fair amount of owner move-ins. When, oh. And then, um, I tried living in the East Bay, too. That was all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, what do you well here let's get back to God do you do you believe in, do you believe that people have souls? Yes. Do you think that that soul after we die that it goes somewhere or are we just is it it just dissipates or what do you think happens after we die? I kind of without sounding too uh, I don't know metaphysical about it I suppose just I think that it's almost like you're in an extended dream state oh. that's where that's where I believe my soul will go is just hang out until it feels like coming back into another body so you believe in reincarnation yes oh wow cool how did you how did you decide that that was a theory you were going to embrace or a, a concept that you were going to embrace I think I just read about it when I was young. I had some friends who were involved with the Berkeley Psychic Institute. Oh, cool. And I, I didn't join them too much with things, but I enjoyed hanging out with them, and they were really into it, and I guess I just took that with me. Um, their, atti 
their attitudes and ideas about reincarnation and that it affects everything you do. Wow. So do you, do you think you've had past lives? I had a reading from them and they had told me there were two past lives that were affecting my life at that point. Wow. So it was pretty oh. interesting. Well, it, how did you, do you believe that? <laughs> did, what did they tell you? What were your past lives? Uh, I, I did, okay. I did this once too, but what they told me about my past life, I was like, I don't really, I, I don't really identify with that. So I don't know. Okay. Sounds a little corny, but it said that, uh, I had been an artist in one life and that I had been a musician in another. Cool. And that um, as the artist, I had lived a long life and was very happy, but as a musician, I had lived a short life and was very unhappy. Wow, were you so. one of those 27-year-olds? You were like... <laughs> I one. think I was only 20 when I had this reading. So but the I, 27-year-olds, it's, that's the thing, the musicians, they die oh, when they're 27. All the good ones. That, Amy Winehouse. And I I might have these mixed up, but I think that they said the artist, I was Russian, and the musician, that I was Italian. Wow. I might have the flipped the other way. That's so cool. <laughs> and do you, do you resonate with that? I do in the sense that I, uh, I was already involved in some music at that point. Yeah. So do you, do you play an instrument now? I sing. Oh, cool. A little bit of dulcimer, but mainly I sing. Dulcimer. What's a dulcimer? It's the hammered dulcimer, not the one that's more like a is that small a, guitar. It's a, oh, a dulcimer is a guitar. Well, not that's not the one I play. So oh, okay. There's one that you have uh, little bamboo hammers and you oh. tap it. It's kind of trapezoid shaped. Cool. Wow. Or cymbalum. That's the other word for it. Awesome. When did you, how did you pick that up? Oh, you know, copying another musician I saw playing it and I thought it sounded cool. Rad. <laughs> right on. So are you in a band or do you sing for... Well, that's just it. I'm not doing much music lately. So okay. I made that a resolution for 2019 is to do a bit more of that. Sweet. How do you feel about karaoke? It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Okay. People either, it's funny when you ask like a, a singer if they enjoy karaoke, because people either be like, yeah, or they're like, uh, you know, it's okay. I think it's more difficult to have fun at karaoke if you're at a place where it's not specifically a karaoke place. Ah. Oh. If it's like a bar or something that decides to host karaoke, that's always kind of weird, but if you go to Japantown or something. Oh, right. You go you to the places room. where that's what they do every single night. I sure. feel like it's just a lot more... Professional karaoke singers. <laughs> well, I think the vibe is just a lot more forgiving. Oh, sure. <laughs> right. Hey, I have forgiving vibe. I do stand-up <laughs> comedy. There's not a lot of forgiveness in that. Um, forgiveness. Yeah, speaking of forgiveness, do you, do you believe in forgiveness? Do you think that's an important... Or are you like... If someone really wrongs you... Do you have to let it go and just go, well, whatever, they're a jerk? Or are you like big on forgiveness? Like, I'm going to forgive them. I don't know. How do you feel about forgiveness? I feel it's healthier to forgive. But if someone's crossed your line and the, or the most ultimate line, there's no reason you have to forgive them. Huh. Can you I've can you ever forgive our president? Can you forgive 45? <laughs> I don't think about 
him. So you don't. <laughs> so you've you've been able to. That's interesting. I, mean, I don't to think me. of him in that aspect. Of oh, okay. Do you? I mean, I, do I you keep your that? Question had to do with someone. Oh no, but both. No. Yeah, but both personally and I don't know people at large. <laughs> he's he's a. Do, do you pay attention to sort of what's going on in large scale politics? Are you like a sort of a political person, or would you say no? I I suppose I it's not that I'm apolitical I just kind of keep it to myself okay right on that's fine <laughs> I, I guess going back to you know conflict <laughs> sure that's one of the things I feel just really gets people really upset with each other and it's not so much avoidance but at the same time there's times and places right where it's easier to talk about those things so right like not at thanksgiving or something it <laughs> <laughs> always makes thanksgiving dinner interesting right everybody's uh, political stances but that's what we're i mean some sometimes when i look at what's happening in our world and i i see trump or whatever and i think does he think he's doing the right thing? Like, does he honestly believe that what he's doing is good and right? And then it makes me think, well, he must think that because I can't believe that he, when people do things and they're passionate about them, it's because they believe them. And that for me, it's hard to conceptualize that some people are so passionate about passionate about things that are completely opposite than what I believe in. So, but like, it's the same thing where I think that I'm a moral person, but then some people might look at some of my choices and say, you're an amoral person. Like, I think that like family planning and abortion and stuff and the, the, the right to choose whether or not to have a family or to start to do that. I think that's personal choice but then people can look at and, and i'm very passionate about that but then people can look at me and say well you're you're that's an amoral choice you can't do that and they strongly believe that and i strongly believe it and we both think we're right so then you know how does morality come in you know the judgment of morality it's so uh it's based on your sort of your perspective and it can be completely opposite I don't know like I honestly see myself as a moral person but also other people can say I'm amoral so how does that like how does that jive so then when I think empathetically I must think that other people when they're acting they must think that they're right does that make sense it does like I I don't know if it perhaps is uh Entitlement. Mm. I mean, I personally don't feel entitled to judge anyone's morals. I just know that if their morals differ from mine, that's fine. But if it's physically harmful to me or psychically harmful, sure. Psychically, I know I can choose to just not be around them or not engage. Right. And hopefully, I can get out of the situation if if I need to. Right. So. Do you, do you practice anything right now, like meditation, or do you, would you call yourself, you seem kind of zen, like kind of Buddhist-like. <laughs> Are I you? I think I, I do a slight morning meditation. 
around. This sounds funny. I used the Tide Log, which is this publication that um, I just kind of glued onto it about five or six years ago, maybe. And it's just a, it's like a day planner for me where it shows sunset, sunrise, the wave height for the day. So I started using it because I always wanted to know what days of the month will the waves be highest and when is high tide and low tide. And it's not that I'm a surfer or do anything in the ocean. I just like to go to the beach. And I ended up using that as sort of a meditation guide where if I check that every morning, I kind of feel like, okay, I can plan the rest of my day. And it ended up being meditative in that aspect. And it's cycles of the moon, I guess, are what caused the tides to, and that's a very feminine energy. It's very interesting, cool. And that is true. When I realized <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'll start the Wednesday wave with a reading of the tide chart. It's so, so. cool. <laughs> and um, I did notice as That's I started so using cool. that that some days when I'd have a lot of uh, kind of emotional upheaval, either myself or people I cared about, having a lot of stuff go on, that the moon would be in certain phases. Whoa! And so. It seems the past few years that when the moon is in the halfway point, half full, half empty, sure. that a lot of strange energy is around. Not bad energy, but just I am aware that if someone flies off the handle, that might have to, I think it might have to do with that more so than, you know. Well, it's it must, though, because, it's, I mean, there's gravitational. So th- mm-hmm. this is one of the things, like, when I ask people if they believe in a higher power and they're like, no, I'm an atheist, I'm like... What about gravity? Gravity is a higher power that we don't necessarily understand. Like, yeah, it's 9.8 meters per second squared that something falls, but why is, and it, and it's so weird that it's, I think that it's because the way that our, that we're tilted and we're spinning on an axis Mm -hmm. and that we're going around the sun, that the moon's going around us. And there's all of these sort of gravitational, yeah, the magnetic fields and all of that is somehow, and that's fucking magical. Like that we are on this weird tilt and we're spinning and that causes us to be stuck to the ground. And then there's this thing up here that's spinning around us, but we're the exact distance from the sun so that we don't burn up and so that we don't get too cold and mm-hmm. then we're traveling in this and it isn't a perfect circle it's like oblong and it changes in the seasons all that stuff i'm like that's some higher power shit right like it's whoa i don't i just find that all like the physics behind it and that enough people have studied it and been like well here's the math mm-hmm. but we're still like how that's for me that sort of like big question mark is I mean we gotta call it something I mean I don't think it has to be one I don't understand like the one being in the sky like this mm-hmm. is God but that everything's works and is spinning and we're not like yeah. I, like hurtling out into space and that we can put we could we've rockets what how do we escape I mean, the earth's atmosphere what like just all that kind of stuff is magical like there's with Looking at that, there's no doubt that time's moving forward and that we have no choice. It's going to move forward no matter what. And I used to think that there was a lot of energy put into trying to reverse that. 
reverse the time changing. I think it seems like a lot of societies think of how do we harness that power of time moving forward and and control it. Oh, right. Whether it's trying to keep things the way they are culturally or down to, you know, how do I stay looking younger forever? Right, 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 right. (laughs) That's an obsession that's so when it's, all, it's always obvious no matter what you do it's going to move forward because if it didn't we'd just fly off and burn so. yeah and I mean uh, ladies you can pull your face up all you want but your <laughs> neck your neck will always show your age and your there's nothing hands. you can do in your hands hands yeah. actually though I'm 44 and my hands still look pretty good I don't know and I think though I, I don't have any fing- I don't have any fingerprints. This is weird. I should have gone into a life of crime. <laughs> I I have like no fingerprints. It's the weirdest thing. I've like burned them off because I wash dishes and cook and stuff. I guess I don't know. I'm an obsessive hand washer as well, but only because I cook. But I I don't have fingerprints. So it's mm-hmm. like I don't know. Time marching on. Yeah. Why do we? Why do you think we're so? Is it just the fear of death? Is that why we want to? harness time in some way that if we could stop time or go back in time it means that we can live forever I guess it could be maybe it is the fear of death or fear of not getting everything done that you wanted to do in your life maybe do you have that stress do you feel that do you feel that expectation I'm starting to feel like there's a lot more I wanted to do before how old can I ask how old you are I'm 44. Okay. You don't have to tell us. I'm older than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you um, do you have kids? I do. I have one child. Oh wow! So what else did you need to do? You had a kid. That's great. How old is your how old is your kid? 26. Wow! Wow! You have an adult. <laughs> do you party with your child? Uh, you don't seem like a person no. that parties too hard, but I let her do her own thing. Oh, we get okay. together, you know, holidays. Oh, okay. Twenty-six. I have I, I have a lot of twenty-six-year-old friends because of stand-up comedy, and it's it's funny. And I think when I look at them, I think sometimes I could I could be your mother. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that often. With sometimes I meet people and I don't think about their age, and then it becomes obvious later, and it's sort of funny because I think I'm forgetting my own age sometimes. right yeah, me and too I feel that way which is what? great I never wanted to be one of those people that's like oh my god I'm so old what am I gonna do I'll right. do nothing <laughs> I feel growing up I thought a lot of people over 40 just kind of gave up on on it, doing anything new sure and they wanted consistency and routine and all that stuff and I had told myself I didn't want to have that type of life yeah I agree with that I don't that, uh, boring. Um, what's something that you feel like you wanted you want to accomplish before the we meet our ultimate before your next life? What's something that you feel like this is? Do you do you have any like goals of that nature? Where I mean, obviously you're having a radio show that might be <laughs> one of them, but I f- think uh, I just wanted to do more with music and <sighs> art, which, like I said, back. When I had that psychic reading, I didn't take it too seriously, but then I realized that um, it probably would have been nice to pursue that a little bit more. You know, I was very serious 
when I was younger. So oh. just thought I got to get a good job, make sure, pay my bills and make sure I'm on that whole, you know, well, of course, I'm taking care of a family. So yeah. And now you want now to pursue artistic endeavors. Yes. That's great. That's my, what's that called? Empty nest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, I did this. Now what? <laughs> I'm, I don't, I don't have that problem. I'm more of a what's next, <laughs> but it's a just because I project after project after project. It's just like, uh, yeah, that's how I like, comp- my, my issue is that I'm 44 and I, I've never just, I, I never chose to have children. So when it's, you know, it's like, for me, I look back and like, what did I make a mistake? Should I have, should I have, is there something I, did I miss something? Did I miss a step that I should have taken? But it's, it now it's too late. Cause I can't be one of those entitled San Francisco ladies. That's like, Hey, I'm 45. I'm going to have a baby. And you know, cause then you're 60 and your kid's 15. I don't know if that's the best idea. Right. You know, like time marches on and there's nothing we can do about that. And no matter how young I feel at heart, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that I, I mean, I can pick up babies, but I hang out with some five-year-olds and they want me to pick them up and I have to tell them, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm, I can't, I'll hurt myself. <laughs> but so there's all those things that like, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I don't want to be entitled and, and have a kid now because I feel like I didn't do something with my life, but maybe, I don't uh, know. I, I don't know. It could be, it could be a feel that kind of pressure, it's sort of personal decision. Yeah. And I um I've met parents of all ages younger than me older than me and it's kind of it's it's not just energy level but it's sort of positive attitude mm. I think right I mean the worst I guess I experienced was parents who were you know super rich relatively young and happening and you know had all the things trappings that I think society expects you to have before you start a family right they were actually very negligent oh and their kids now that they're adults are you know kind of don't know what to do they're they're not secure and sure and I don't mean to like be like oh they were bad parents I just think they felt you know they were doing all the right things and not saying that they possibly didn't, but at the same time, it's. I mean, they, it's hard to brace. Ch- I, yeah. I mean, what? How? No one's. There's. There's no like rule book where they're like, this is what. You, this is how. Yeah. This I is. Mean, this is how you do it. There's like. It's not like. I think it's a lot of pressure that people put on themselves if they decide to be parents that they have to do everything perfectly. Right. It's not going to happen. Of course and, not. And if you try, you're just going to drive your kid nuts. So. Yeah. Well, and I'm um, there. There goes my phone again. I'm a terrible, terrible DJ. <laughs> um, I'm a na- I, I take care of people's children. Sometimes I have, I say I, I'm a nanny. I touch baby dicks for money. But that, it's <laughs> great. It's because moms aren't circumcising their children um, automatically anymore, which I think is great. I think that genital mutilation for any gender is terrible. Um Except unless in cat cats, you can definitely chop the balls off of a cat. That's okay. Um, but I don't know where I was going. Now I'm thinking about child children's genitals, which is weird. Oh, because I'm a nanny. Um, <laughs> but it's it's for me. It's easy to be a good nanny because I'm being paid for it, and so I I try to be 
Mar- Mary Poppins, you know, and I try to always be in a great mood and no matter what, I'm totally patient and I do everything as as if with, out of love, 100% love and trying to keep the children happy and joyous. And it's easy to do that when you're being paid. And when mm. you're a parent, nobody's paying you. <laughs> there's nobody, there's no checks. There's no like, here, be good. You're, you're being a great parent. There's, that, doesn't, that doesn't exist. So I can imagine getting very tired. Yeah, it can be exhausting. I kind of think that there's something to be said about trying to have a home without too much noise going on. Mm. I don't mean, you know, TV and stuff like that. It's sort of, it, it has to be a sanctuary. Right. Like, like psychic noise. It seems noise. like it's difficult because we have so much available and so much to do. Right. And I think, you know, if I could do it all over again, I'm, I might be a little more, have been a little more um, aware of just gadgets and electronics and, right. you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses kind of thing. Cause it, that's what makes me tired. Now. Right. <laughs> and it yeah. probably made me tired then, but I wasn't aware of it, you know. So. Uh, you're, wow, I can't believe you have a 26-year-old. Did you raise her religious? Did you in the church? Were you Catholic going to, or just like lay Catholic, like Christmas and Easter and stuff? Uh, she had gone to Catholic school. Oh wow! So it's um, but she decided um, after eighth grade that she was not done with it, but she just didn't want to follow it. And I said that's fine. Oh wow! You know, I didn't insist that she go to a Catholic high school. I was pretty much fine with whatever she wanted to do. Sure. Wow, Catholic school, so for so kindergarten, was, so private school. That's expensive, too. Wow. It was um, It was more that uh, I needed, I didn't have a car when she started. Sure. So it had to be a school near where I worked. Right. And near public transportation. And it, also, and it just happened to be a Catholic school. I was looking for a K through 8 school. I yeah. mean, there's, Did you not? parents know there's there's like the lottery system right 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 kindergarten and and you could be somewhere one of my buddies lives here in the mission and she had to go to kindergarten at clarendon which was like all the way over like over the hill and far away Mm -hmm. and And yet they lived right here that so it worked out the catholic school near my work had an opening so. That's great. Well, Cuz that's that's it. that's crazy that it just make I don't understand why they would why they have a lottery system. You'd think that you'd go to school where you live. Why wouldn't you be at the closest school? It just it seems like a no-brainer, but it's that's not the way it is. <laughs> and you really can't put a 5-year-old on what the bus. The, what the process is now, I assume it's sort of the same, but at the time I still believe they're trying to make sure that the schools were diverse oh right because well and now back then the mission used to be primarily hispanic now it's like gentrified <laughs> upper middle class uh you know people here it's this neighborhood 
years, what, 15 years ago used to be scary, gang stuff and all the scary stuff. And now, like, the scariest thing is getting run over by a stroller. <laughs> it's like they're getting, watch out, their dog might sniff you. <laughs> I have lived on 20th between Valencia and Mission. Sweet! For a long time. And then I was in the sunset, too. And then right. eventually Bernal. I tried every, not every neighborhood, but... Uh, I guess every side of the city for sure. a few years. What was your favorite? And what was your favorite neighborhood? I like the mission. You, I like. The I mission mean, I've too. been here the longest. I moved yeah. back about four years ago, just up the street from here. Oh, cool! Well, that's I, exciting stuff. I enjoy it. I think, but I enjoy the rest of the city. I mean, earlier today I was in the Richmond district, which yeah. I kind of forget. It's got a lot of nice things going on absolutely there too. every neighborhood has its cool bits and culture and clement street it. clement street has like every restaurant is amazing <laughs> like all of them <laughs> there's some of them some dim sum <laughs> yeah there's sometimes when i go by one of those places there's one of them nothing's in english so it's like all right i'll get that <laughs> like it's and and i i'm like wow it's gonna be it's gonna be good Especially if it's, if if I don't know what it is, it's probably going to be good. <laughs> yeah. um, it's fun to kind of take a take the bus and just see other parts of the city. I forget sometimes. Yeah. Is would you are you you're a San Francisco forever kind of person? Oh yes. Yeah, I, me too. There was my parents have told me that they had wanted to move to San Francisco when they were when they decided to get married. But they were in Los Angeles, and then um, they came up here, met some friends, and they tried to see how much it would cost, and then they realized they couldn't have a big family here at that time, so they kind of put it on the back burner, and then... Yeah, I feel like when I moved here, I kind of fulfilled that dream for them. <laughs> so nice. Well, then that's good. You so get to. They like visiting. They don't visit as much anymore because my father's got mobility issues. Oh. They like that I'm up here. That's the hardest thing about getting as of time going on is that, like, I'm starting to feel it in my body. Like, I'm not. I'm not as spry in shape. It's hard. I, like moving around is not as easy mm-hmm. flexibility is I'm not as flexible as I was and just yes, all the time constantly remind myself no sudden movements right I always hear someone slipping doing the simplest thing changing a light bulb and sure end up in the emergency room so yeah <laughs> and or um, when it's raining like I worry about slippery grates and mm-hmm. downstairs the stairs in my building at the end it's like marble stairs at the bottom when it gets wet I'm like oh, I just know that so- <laughs> if, if I'm not paying attention I'm gonna and when I fall down it's not like it used to be. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fell down last week because I tripped over something. Somebody put something black on top of something black, and and I didn't see it because the everything was black, and I tripped and I fell in this chair and then I fell on myself. And it, ten years ago, it wouldn't have been a thing. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, I've got these huge bruises on my knees and my hands that are hurt and my like body got all sore. And it was just, I just fell down. Like it wasn't even that big of a deal. <laughs> and now I just, and then it makes me go like. Oh. Time, time is real. I had a conversation with someone who asked if I still went snowboarding, <laughs> and only because they knew I had gone a few times. I never was a big snowboarder, but I enjoyed it. And I just realized, like, if I fell down snowboarding, I'd probably 
you um, can really hurt yourself. Yeah. yeah. For break, you know, yeah. break something. Yeah. The last time I went skiing, I popped my ACL, and oh, it was no. something that I would have, that never would have been a problem. The way that I, my knees came up to my skis crossed, and my knees came up to my chest, and I heard a pop, and I was like, oh my god, I just popped my ACL. Maybe someone will invent a geriatric type of snowboarding skiing hybrid that we can do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah, like a chair on a ski or something like where I'm, <laughs> and I've got a helmet and a mouth guard so that I don't. I'm I'm so scared of falling. I used to skateboard too, and now I won't skateboard mm-hmm. because I'm like, I am an old woman. <laughs> if I fall down off a skateboard, I'm gonna lose a tooth. I'm gonna crack something. I'm gonna break my hand. Like it's, it's, the I just it's so sad and it makes me realize like. In my head, I'm still the same as I was. Like, I still feel like the same person, yet my body is like, no. And that, I mean, maybe that's why I believe in a soul, because I feel like I'm the same as when I've always been. I've, mm-hmm. But I'm watching this vessel that I've been placed in slowly degrade over time. And as as much as I try to take care of it, I'm doing a pretty shitty job. <laughs> I'm here. Everything's okay. I'm here. You're breathing. Yes, breathing. That was a happen. (laughs) I was having a panic attack once, and I called my one of my best friends is a is a doctor, and I called her at like five in the morning, and I was like, I'm I'm I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. I'm worried, and 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 she's like, okay, you're talking to me on the phone, which means you're breathing. You're fine. Go to sleep. <laughs> like, oh, okay. She's like, if you're together enough to have a conversation with me and you're breathing, you're fine. You don't have to remind yourself to breathe. You're okay. Your body's going to do it. Fall asleep. Don't call me at five in the morning. <laughs> okay. Um, nice doctor. Yeah, my, she's a good friend. I don't know if mine would pick up. <laughs> <laughs> she's a personal friend. Just happens to be oh. a doctor. Um, cool. Well, what we'll do with the rest of our time, actually, is... We'll play some music. I was like, I'd like to know what your musical tastes are, and we'll we'll get some things together, and we'll practice the ones and twos. Okay. Do you think that your show's going to um, be primarily vinyl, or both, or CDs, or? I what? think at first CDs. Cool. I am not sure if I can find all the vinyl I'm looking for as yeah. quickly as I can on CDs. Sure. Well, and you can always look up SoundCloud. I mean, it, it's so mm-hmm. funny. All the music's there now. It's like everything. It's it's all there. If it's great, the internet is a magical thing. So, uh, hey, thank you, Josephine. This has been a really fun interview and getting so to know good. you better. At I'm first super excited. I was dreading it, but it's kind of no, you got into it. And once we figured out, once we got into the past life regression, we're we're cooking. Uh, so we're gonna bring up the CD just for a second, and then we're gonna be right back uh, with music from the Wednesday Wave coming soon. Josephine, thanks so much. Yay! Thank you. Okay, so.
Bonjour madame, bonjour monsieur. Nous allons, grâce à ce disque créé spécialement pour vous, essayer de tirer ensemble le maximum de qualité sonore de votre chaîne Haute Fidélité. Sit back, relax, and close your eyes. Some call me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. Keep listening and hey, stay tuned in a couple weeks. It's coming the Wednesday Wave.
minha tão doce Moça benção, arranja a trança Vaquinha mansa Boquinha contente Boa boquinha tão doce Moça benção, arranja a trança Anda bem cotelada Procura sinceridade Ora que Deus enfada In my heart and my head, this you feel it? And the mother, don't you notice? Yes. Then all the shit you did bad all year comes out that night, right? But it don't make no sense because it's all up. It's, it's, and you come in this house, get, you come here with the motherfucking 60 on your park card, you don't say shit to me. It is 60 on your park. You don't wash your ass, Eddie. 
going this day, I gotta tell you the rule. I gotta tell you to take out the garbage. I gotta tell you to clean them up with the rule. Like, I cut the grass. I work all day. I'ma come home and cut the fucking grass. No, I'm not gonna do this guy that you don't listen to me. It's so sweet, this motherfucking floor. You don't do nothing. Isn't why Eddie Murphy why funny? Why don't you do this? motherfucking dog you bring in here. He said, he said, Mary, take it. We had his dog. I get you, dog. You don't clean up at this motherfucking dog. You ever notice if your dog, like, takes his shit in the room, you pretend you don't see it because you know you have to clean the shit up?
I'll run your ass over now, Ephraim. <laughs> my friend and I was hey, hey, what's happening? What's happening, man? Yeah, my man is. I hate that mother. Be my ass. I give him five. I say, how you doing that? But I don't want him to kick my ass again. <laughs> my man Ed, how you doing? She just don't beat my ass no more. <laughs> I hope this year, anybody, anybody having a bad year? Really? I've been having a real good year. I'm not, I'm not, no, I mean, even if none of this shit was happening, the albums and all that shit, I've been having, I've just been happy for the past, since 82 started because 81, it was killing people, man. They shot John Lennon, they shot Ronald Reagan, they shot Sadat, they shot the Pope. What's your rationale for shooting the Pope? I guess the guy figured, hey, look, I want to go to hell and I want to stay on the line with everybody else. <laughs> I want to take the hell express. I want to go straight and shit. You walk up to the door with your ticket, they say, shot the Pope? You can go right through it. You can go right through <laughs> you get I wonder, but when people get shot, anybody ever been shot before? I have a friend that got shot before. I saw a guy get shot. And when you're in the movies, when you get shot, it's real different. You know, you get shot, you go, poof. <laughs> go on without me. <laughs> in real life, you don't do that shit. The bullet get in your ass, you poof. You say, you say, motherfucker, when the bullet hits you. Watch them Ronald Reagan tapes in slow motion when he gets shot. Yeah, people go, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan. You see Reagan's face say, motherfucker. You see how fast they push Reagan in the car? He just disappeared. As soon as he was shot, he just push him in the car. Get your ass in the car. And those Secret Service men are crazy, man. They be jumping in front of the bullets and shit. One guy got shot, jumped in front of them. He seen the bullets, he said, <laughs> The black Secret Service man sidestep and said, Fuck that shit. Yeah, they shooting guns and shit. Hey, man, fuck that, man. They shot Ron with shit, man, fuck. I just have to get a job at my cousin's cleaners then. But. Right, dude.
pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. 
welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> anything about it sorry all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, that kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be 
Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. some feedback. I should take care of that. 
All right, didn't mic check well enough. That's all right. It's just me. I can even bring the fucking mic. I'm gonna bring the fucking mic into the booth. Fuck. Oh, no, it doesn't reach. All right. I'm gonna just put it down and then This is Mutant Radio. That's how we gotta do it sometimes. We do a ghetto up in here. How y'all doing tonight? If anybody's listening. I think... I think people are listening. I genuinely believe there's at least one person out there listening right now. And to that motherfucker... Why? Don't you have something better to do? You should take this moment as like a learning experience because I'm just, because I'm not happy with you right now for sitting here listening to this bullshit. What the fuck are you listening to? You listening to motherfucking, I'm going to take this out. You listening to motherfucking me talk to other people trying to do comedy instead of doing comedy yourself. If you so into it, fucking do it. Why can't you? And if you are, why the fuck are you listening to me? Go write jokes. Don't listen to my jokes. My jokes are taken. You can't do my jokes no more. This it's just gonna be temptation. Fucking Why are you wasting time? I'm not I'm getting mic time right now. It's an empty room, but I'm getting goddamn mic time. Why the fuck are you wasting your goddamn time listening to some old shit? If you listen into it live, I guess that's alright. If you like driving or something, go into somewhere important. But not if you sitting in your fucking apartment, taking a fucking bong rip. By yourself, listening to me talk. What the fuck? You're not even getting paid. God damn it. At least fuck or something. If you fucking, that's alright. Fucking don't get you nothing. So don't do it too much. But it feels good. So I guess it gets you something. But sitting, listening to me, that shit can't feel good, right? That shit just gotta be, ooh, burp. Disappointing. You know what does feel good? Burping. I burp a lot. I burp nonstop. I think there's something wrong with my stomach so that I digest my food real slow. So I think I just turn all this shit to gas, like, real slowly. So I'm just burping all the time. That, and I think my esophagus is all twisted up so that it's, like, stuck together and shit. So the little gas bubbles pop up. And I'm just, like, constantly making tiny little burps. And that's why my voice, that's why I have trouble projecting and shit, too. That's why I got to hold the microphone right in front of my face so motherfuckers can hear me. So what's new with me? I'm a lot more comfortable on stage recently. It's nice. I just been hitting it. What's good, my man? So you know the deal. Nobody's here. You doing comedy for me? You ready? You ready right now? Let's do it. Give it up in your motherfucking lonely ass apartments. I've been telling people that they shouldn't be listening to this. They should be either fucking starting comedy or writing comedy if they're already doing it. Don't fucking listen to our bullshit. We're just getting our shit together. We're just working. We're working right now. So in your fucking studio apartments by yourself, taking bong rips with your cat, give it up for Raj Reyna, everybody. It's Mutiny Radio. You don't know the deal with me and you? We always broadcast. 
Oh, that's cool. That's cool. But it's on the internet. We got like actual video. But it's I got you. Recording too, so you can listen back to it. Oh, sick. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Very cool. I'll shoot you the link after the show. Okay, sounds good, man. Um, cool. What up, Capital P? How's it going, bro? You good? You chilling? You high? You high as fuck? Yeah, I'm high as fuck, dude. I'm just gonna be working out some new shit. Um, so I uh, appreciate you hanging in there. This is a real. This is kind of real weird for me, but uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to make it work. Sorry, I'm fucking. I'm high. I had something. You wanna be higher? Yeah, dude. Fuck it. Yeah, let's do it, baby. I like this joint though. I like mutiny. Mutiny's cool. I love mutiny, especially when it's packed. Last night it was great. Yeah. For happy hour, there's a lot of people. Oh, for real? At the what? Hearth? I don't know. That. No. That's a good mic. Is it? It's once a month. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's just a bar that always has people. Oh, that's that's awesome. So Hearth on gear. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. It says once a month. Shit, I should I should start telling some jokes or something. What's up, bro? No, that's cool. Hmm. What should we talk about? Capital, I know you, you probably like hip-hop and shit, right? This is weird. This is weird, man. Y'all like hip-hop? Who likes hip-hop here? Hell yeah. Mr. Capital P likes hip-hop. <laughs> I like hip-hop. I like hip-hop, too. Mostly, because I, I know I'm kind of dressed like, like Drake's cousin right now. I know. Kind of dressed like the Hotline Bling music video right now. That's, that's the shit I was going for. Um... I don't know. When I listen to hip hop and shit, I got like two. I got like two different minds. You know what I'm saying? And don't feel obligated to laugh because this probably won't be funny. But I'm gonna. I got like two different minds, right? You know, I got like one mind that's like, yo, motherfucker, like, yo, like this is some real shit. Like, hate it, love it, the underdog on top. You know? And then the other mind is like, dude, you grew up in like Los Altos, like that shit. You know? It's like, it's like, no, man, they don't understand the struggle. You know? And it's like, you went to Stanford, bro. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so that's that's how I feel about hip hop and shit. I like um, I like I like that old school hip hop. I like uh, the Nas's, you know, the Jay Z's, Eminem's. Uh, and not it. I mean, one of my friends came up to me the other day. Hell yeah. Out of a cement plant, but uh, shook him a little, you know. <laughs> well, my uncle Willard had this uh, used pet shop. It was uh, for used pets, and um, yeah, there's always something wrong with them, you know. And uh, so a guy came in one day and he said, uh, "How much is the doggy in the window?" That doggy out there in front. A dog ruin your dollar. A dollar for a dog? Isn't that a little unusual? No. I don't know whether you noticed or not. He ain't got no claws on his right paw. Sort of a conversation piece. <laughs> yes, no, I wouldn't want that. What the devil's that over there? Oh, that's an owl. I can give him for three seventy-five. dollars You wouldn't know it. He ain't got no feathers on his body. I got it down Biloxi and there was a storm come up or something. Blew all his feathers off. 
And uh, I've got purple feathers and chartreuse, and what you can do is put a little slick them on his belly and paste them on there, you know, and put him there in the parlor, and <laughs> well, it's a conversation piece like a dog. <laughs> yeah, I see. Oh, listen, incidentally, don't put your finger in that bowl. No, the reason I... Oh, took your finger off, didn't it? <laughs> oh, God, you know, it's a funny thing. You never have to feed that fish nothing. There's always some clown like yourself putting his finger in the bowl. <laughs> took it right off, didn't it? <laughs> oh, I bet that's smart, isn't it? Mm, that's a fun, you. Them things hit anything. Hit anything. <laughs> got him in the Amazon River. I never got it. Some guy dropped off here one day.